What is up, plebs? Back at it again with another conversation, this time with at Stack to the Future. This one's hands down one of the most interesting conversations I've had. We talk about Bitcoin versus the state and move on to analyzing the Bitcoin community. Enjoy this conversation. I got a ton out of it. You won't want to miss it. Worst comes to worst, skip the first five minute intro with Stat to the Future because Stat to the Future has some incredible views on Bitcoin versus the state and the Bitcoin community that I'm hoping we can share today. Um, Stat to the Future, welcome on the pod, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's good to be back. Of course. It's it's crazy how much has changed since we spoke. Um, when we first had our conversation, um, it was January 2021, and I had talked to like three people. Um, but, you know, you've shown me support, and you were one of the first people I talked to, and it just has meant so much along the way. Like, I probably wouldn't I, I don't know. It's You've been a big part of this podcast. So d- I just mean to thank you sincerely. Yeah, of course, man. Like, really, I think that your podcast is, is great. And, you know, I know that you're still kind of in the early stages of doing it. But, um, you know, it really does bring something different to the space. And I just think all you got to do is keep doing what you're doing. And more people are going to are gonna kind of um, find it, I think, and are going to really enjoy it. Because, you know, honestly, there's just too many pods out there. They're just, they're just doing the same round of people all the time. And I think that people are really tiring of it. Um, you know, not to say that we've got anything against some of these, some of these guys, like it's good to hear their opinions, but like, you know, listen to your show, like genuinely, you know, listen to, to some of the plebs who just have such interesting stories. Um, and you know, aren't particularly kind of big on the scene. Um, it's just super nice to listen to and, uh, yeah, it's important. So it's awesome to have you back, like doing the pod for sure. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. That, that means so much to me, you know, sometimes it can like, well, I just love talking to the plebs, you know, so it's not like it's too much of a burden on me. Um, but I don't know if you notice the same thing as me. Um, like, I'm so impressed with the like quality of person in the Bitcoin space, because I, I'm this guy, I'm drawing random people off Twitter and talking them, talking to them for an hour um someone I've never met from anywhere on the world and every time it seems like I'm so impressed by this person and it's like man I I don't know if you think this but Bitcoiners are built different that's what I've learned yeah I think you're absolutely right and uh you know that that's one of the things like listening to other people who have been on your on your pod I kind of caught up um again recently I fell a bit behind but I've listened to, to everyone you've interviewed now and just everyone has such an interesting story, interesting perspective, but there are just these kind of common themes that run through about, you know, in terms of the way that people think. And it's just really clear that there are just certain things. We can all have different opinions on different things and that's great, but there are just certain themes and ideas that are just so consistent um, that are just really important to the movement and, you know, are important to the network. And uh, it's just great to hear, like listening to other plebs and just be like, nodding along you know so much um it's 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 awesome i really think we've got such a good community going oh yeah me me too and and i it makes me happy to hear there's one person um getting some value from you know these clubs i'm talking to 
Um, oh, 100%, man. I mean, you know, I'm putting, I'm always listening to the episodes and there's all, like, almost always like at least one really great quote there that it's just kind of like, you know, you just have to stop and pause and be like, like man, that is, that is awesome, you know? And, and if, if, if one of the greats or one of the kind of, I guess, the, the more kind of famous people in the community, if you'd heard sailors say that something, you just know someone would be kind of snipping it up and, you know, putting some, <laughs> putting right. some, uh, like cinematic music to it or whatever and it's like you know these are just average clubs and just uh you know you're getting some really great conversations out of people so um you know i definitely think that that's a credit to you in terms of the way that you're interviewing people and you know you kind of really leave a space for people to kind of um like express themselves in the best way possible so yeah it's awesome man you, you, you're doing a great job <laughs> well thank you um so getting back on to you has anything new that's Bitcoin related been on your radar um, since we last spoke in January? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess like for me, for me personally, um, like I, at the beginning of this year, I, I read uh, The Sovereign Individual. I was kind of late to late to the party on reading that. And um, that kind of really uh, that that book just really resonated with me. Have you read it, by the way? Yeah, I read it early yeah. this year as well. And it, it was crazy. Man, it, it's just so prophetic. And um, yeah, I was listening. Uh, I mean, I was reading reading that um, book and uh, actually like around a similar time, I kind of, because I've moved now um, away from the UK. I'm living in Mexico at the moment. And uh, yeah, I just really didn't like the way things were going politically in the UK. And uh, I guess, you know, not necessarily inspired by the book, although I guess, some of the themes were definitely very relevant to me, but I was just like, man, like, I just want to get out of the country. And um, it, it was, it, you know, I had this, had this kind of moment uh, when I was on the flight out to, to uh, Mexico. And I just, you know, I just kind of finished the book and I'm there on the flight and I've got my hardware wallet there with, you know, um, pretty much uh, all of my wealth on it. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of crossing borders and, you know, didn't ask for, for any permission from a bank and didn't have to do any of that. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving and my wealth is coming with me. And I, I just had this really amazing moment um, of just being like, this would just never have been possible in the past. You know, people needed, uh, you know, if people were trying to like leave their home, they'd be trying to like take their gold. And a lot of people ended up having to kind of bury their gold. You know, there's these stories of people who were trying to leave communist Russia or whatever it is. And, you know, they're trying to get out of the country and they have to kind of bury their gold because they can't get it on a flight. It's going to get confiscated from them. And, you know, just these crazy stories. And it's like now, I mean, I didn't even need the hardware wallet. I could have, I could have just had my, my seed, um, you know, my, my kind of um, seed phrase in my brain. Right. And I could have just, uh, just crossed the border with that. And, you know, we are just living in such an amazing time when people can truly take self-sovereignty um, over their wealth. And um, so, yeah, that's been the biggest thing for me. I really feel like I'm kind of, you know, to some degree uh, living that kind of um, sovereign, sovereign individual idea and Bitcoin has, has played a huge part in that for me. Yeah, that, that's incredible. You're, you're living the dream out. Um, and one of the things in the sovereign individual, um, it, it talks a lot about how people being able to move countries with their wealth, um, you know, this digital currency will uh, change um, like politics and it will change the world and it will change the way we organize ourselves because of what you just did getting on that plane with your hardware wallet maybe you ran your coins through coin join before you left and nobody knows and you just took everything with you maybe you run an online business and you can do that from mexico now it's like 
um, you know, it's amazing for you. But the, the thing that worries me is like there's a dark tone to the sovereign individual, at least when I read it, in that like the change in politics and the way we organize ourselves and in the money system and all these changes that this technology allows for, um, you know, I don't see them happening so peacefully or quietly. And it just gets me a bit nervous about our future here. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I haven't necessarily, you know, I haven't changed my opinion from when I last spoke. Yeah, so I, so I remember last time I spoke to you, I was saying that um, I kind of am um, of the opinion that governments will eventually go uh, hostile towards um, Bitcoin and that kind of in the past, um, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, well, governments will never go hostile towards Bitcoin because they, uh, you know, they're incentivized to get in on Bitcoin rather than to kind of, um, be against it and to kind of, uh, you, you know, the financial incentives basically are aligned for governments to get in. And, you know, I've always been of the opinion that that is a kind of um, wishful, kind of, that's kind of wishful thinking in my view. I think that they will um, at some point come after it. And in particular, everything that I've seen over the past kind of 18 months from governments uh, indicates to me that um, there's just nowhere they won't go. I mean, in my opinion, if governments will lock people in their own homes and if governments will tell people to shut their businesses and, you know, tell people that they can't see their own family and, you know, tell people they can't do things without getting a vaccine. Um, this, this to me, like, we, we, there's just nothing you can put past governments now. And I do think they'll try to come out after it, even though they will be unsuccessful because it's impossible for them to come after it. It's like trying to shut down a language. Um, you know, like Bitcoin in many ways is like a language um right. you know, it's just it's just code that we can we can all run and we can all communicate with you you cannot possibly uh, squash it but i do think they'll try because I, I think that they can do some damage at least in the short term um and they and that will be a good trade-off in order to kind of continue to um essentially kind of milk everyone financially by uh, you know through this kind of fiat system that we have they're going to try and do that to the bitter end even if that ends up getting kind of pretty messy. So I agree with you. I think that I don't think it's going to be a, a nice, easy transition, but you know, there's no group of people in the world that I trust more than Bitcoin is to actually kind of stand that fight because we've seen this coming from day one. I mean, you know, this whole movement is literally designed to sustain this, uh, this state level attack. That's what everything's been about since day one. Um, so it's not as if we're unprepared. I don't think that Bitcoin is going to buckle. I think that we're just going to get increasingly creative and actually as fiat um, becomes more and more worthless, they're going to find it increasingly hard to kind of pay their kind of henchmen to shut Bitcoin down. You know, if, if, if fiat is hyperinflating, then, you know, people are going to want to be paid in, in, in something else other than fiat money. You know, the police are going to be want to, you know, you're either going to have to pay them more and print more money and continue to devalue it, or you're going to have to pay them in Bitcoin or some other hard asset, which means that you're going to have to buy it, which means right. you're going to drive the price up. Like everything, all roads lead to a Bitcoin success in the end. But do I think that governments, you know, are going to kind of roll over? Absolutely not. I think that they are going to get hostile. I think that, you know, the propaganda campaign like we've had against, you know, for instance, people who don't wear masks or people who don't take the vaccine, you know, the governments have shown that they have absolutely no remorse in terms of the amount of propaganda that they will push. Um, and I think that, that will at some point turn on Bitcoiners when Bitcoin has become the enemy of the state. Right now, we're not the number one enemy, but it's going to happen in my view. Oh, yeah. And it... I, I talked with um, Ben Hancock uh, this morning and he was saying Christine Lagarde said that, um, you know, they got to come after Bitcoin. That's like a, an op 
a faucet, um, like a way to get an open faucet out of our system. She said something in those words. And like, I don't know, with the current like nations, uh, I know El Salvador, um, was it Ecuador or another country? You know, there's lots of these countries looking into Bitcoin. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, the we don't have much longer as a little Bitcoin community that nobody cares about. You know, we're kind of growing out of that phase. I agree. Yeah, we, we are starting to kind of, we, we're starting to kind of join the big league, I guess, with especially kind of nation states, as you said, that are starting to take interest. Um, and that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, because I think they're going to also crack down on the nation states. Um, you know, at the moment, I think that uh, somewhere like El Salvador, they're playing it just safe enough. You know, they're saying, OK, we'll accept it as a, as a currency and stuff, but they're not actually kind of converting their reserves. They're not kind of um, denominating their entire currency in Bitcoin. They're, they're kind of, I guess, they're just on the line, I think. So I'm not sure, you know, whether the IMF and the kind of, you know, the big powers will come down on them too hard at this point. But I think that it, it will happen. And you've, you've got other nations that are kind of looking at it and that are edging into this. And they're all kind of jostling towards towards Bitcoin and away from the dollar. And I think at some point there is going to be um, a tipping point. And it will be interesting to see how things go down. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, like Bitcoiners are going to, if the price continues to go up and as fiat continues to fail, like, the power is going to shift um, because sound, you know, because sound money is going to be out, um, you know, unsound money. So it will be. We're kind of entering exciting times, but um, it's it's happened quicker, like a lot quicker than I thought it was going to happen. Like I, I thought it would be another couple of cycles before it happened. But everything really that I've seen over the past, I think the past what I've seen over the past eighteen months has changed my mind about that. I actually think that we're we're approaching that very very quickly now. Right and. I, I'm on the same page and it, it's just been like crazy, you know, like I took two months off following Bitcoin. I come back and it's like, I don't know, everything's changed. So, so now we're in this weird spot where, you know, we've had all this news, all this national adoption, company adoption. We've had regulators, um, you know, actually cracking down on us, like in China um, in the United States. Um, so I, I, I'm wondering, you know, you say you're bullish on Twitter. Uh, why are you bullish, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first of all, we have to always be bullish. I uh, mean, that is just, that is just a, the, the law. That's just a rule. But that said, genuinely, I just think that, you know, we're just every single day it almost seems like the, the fiat world just gets more and more crazy and outrageous and you know it used to just like people aren't even talking now about things like uh like negative interest rates i mean that used to be the talk of the town like uh, right you know i guess before covid hit and then it's like now now we're living in this crazy world where governments are just you know accelerating into authoritarianism at an exponential rate and now the narrative has even changed from that. Now it's now we're talking about CBDCs and we're talking about you know people's money being restricted. And you know, there's no doubt in my mind that as they continue this this crazy kind of plan to you know vaccinate the entire world and get everyone on this vaccine passport and digital ID kind of system, that at some at some point they're going to use monetary tools to try and push that. At some point, 
when everyone's got their CBDC, they're going to say, oh, sorry, you haven't had your vaccine, so you can't get a UBI. You can't get your, we call it furlough in the UK. I'm not sure. What, oh, I guess you call it maybe a stimulus in, in America. But yeah. like, you know, it's just like, this is where things are going. And now it's almost like the narrative's changed to that. The narrative's changing to, you know, we need tools so that we can actually kind of trade when cash gets banned and we're all on CBDCs. Um, we need um, an alternative kind of economic system, which is there uh, that people can use and which is still free. And, you know, it's almost like Bitcoin is just, just coming at the, exactly the right time. All of these technologies have come together, you know, like Lightning and uh, now with like Taproot and stuff. You've got these technologies that are just coming just at the right time to hopefully be the safety net that can, that can catch people, where, you know, or that can kind of free people uh, from this kind of financial tyranny that we're going towards. So that, that, <laughs> that probably was a bit of a long-winded way to answer your question. But I guess like what I see is that all of the, the reasons that, um, that, that Bitcoin was built are kind of coming together now. They're really kind of coming to the fore at the same time. You've got nation states looking in, you've got corporations that are already in, you've got people who are just trying to, you know, get some, you know, just trying to kind of maintain their value. You know, debt is off the scale. It's just going at an exponential rate. Money printing has gone wild. I just don't see how you can't be bullish. Like even with the kind of authoritarianism that the governments are displaying and the way that they're, um, you know, the way that all of that's going, like some people might look at that and say, ah, but you know, like governments are going really authoritarian, they're going to ban it and stuff. But, you know, the, the, they will ban it at the point where they know that Bitcoin is a massive, serious threat. And um, so, so, you know, it's kind of part and parcel of the success, success of Bitcoin. Um, right. So, yeah, I think that, that bans and regulation and all the rest of it will come and we will be made out to be the enemy. But um, that's just because Bitcoin is proving to, to, to be the, um, the asset that we all kind of um, hoped it would be and that we all wanted it to be and that we all have kind of been building it to be in the and that this network designed for it to be, which is to, to kind of combat um, authoritarianism, to, to kind of combat um, the central banks and to, yeah, sorry, man. I've switched over now to using my, uh, the internet on my phone. Like Mexico internet, honestly, is really, really bad. So, but this should be better actually because I'm a hotspot for my phone, which, I, which surprisingly is actually the best way to do things here quite often, so. Interesting, okay, well. Where did, where did I get up to? Do you want me to um, just uh, go through that point again? Just let me know where I got up to and I'll... I'll yeah. Uh... You got up to, you said something about central banks um, right when it cut off. That was the word. Um... Uh, okay. Yeah, so um, just, to, just to finish on a point. So you've got, yeah, we, you know, we all, we all wanted, you know, we all knew that this was going to come, that there was going to be this showdown um, between kind of Bitcoin and governments. And I feel like, we're kind of coming into that now. So um, yeah, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin's success and Bitcoin, you know, governments turning um, hostile to it is kind of part and parcel of, this, of the same phenomenon, I think. So yeah, I guess like my, my bullishness really comes from that. It's just that all of these things are coming together at once um, to kind of, which will be pivotal to um, Bitcoin's success. Um, you know, I mean, where, where can the world economy go other than other than continuing to print money, other than continuing to um, kind of um, censor people's transactions and put people on things like central bank digital currencies, et cetera. That's where everything else is moving. So, you know, we've never needed freedom money more than ever. And I think a lot of people are kind of waking up to that. And I think to, to go with that as well, um, you know, we've really had a loss of trust. I mean, maybe I'm projecting here and this is just my sense, but 
Um, I really feel like there has been a general loss of trust in government. It's almost like a lot of people, I think, have had the wall pulled from their eyes. Um, I hope so. In terms of what governments are about. Yeah, I hope so as well. Uh, you know, and I think Bitcoin has already been there for a while, but it's almost like a lot of kind of, you know, quote unquote normies um, are kind of coming to these same conclusions now. I mean, I'm having conversations with people who were total normies before, who now just that, you know, they recognize that something is not right in the world and that you cannot trust governments. And, um, you know, with that lack, as soon as you, you lose trust in governments um, uh, with one thing, you're going to lose it with many things. And one of the biggest lies I think that people are recognizing is, is that this monetary system, this kind of uh, economic uh, system that we're all operating under is completely flawed and is not in, in favor of uh, the average person. And that it, you know, it's designed to, um, to enslave the average person. Uh, you know, and I, I don't use that word lightly. I really think that that is what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with you know, some people who can print money and devalue the savings of everyone else who has to work and earn an honest living for it. And uh, I think that with the loss of trust in governments generally, you're going to get a loss, in tr lo uh, a loss of trust in things like central banks and the monetary system. And I think people are going to look for alternatives, um, you know, just as people are taking their kids out of public schools and you know, homeschooling. And just as people are taking, you know, people don't want to use, uh, you know, national health services and want to, you know, use more kind of, uh, you know, natural healing or whatever it is, you know, there's these, there's these, this lot of trust in these traditional institutions and money is just another one of those um, dominoes that's going to fall. And I think it already is falling. So I think that makes me extremely bullish that people are looking for alternatives away from these entrenched systems. And Bitcoin's right there, you know, waiting with open arms for people who, who want to, who, who want an alternative. Right. Um, yeah. And I, and I guess if you do lose trust in the government, it would make sense that you would want a freedom money. Um, but more recently, I've, I've, I've come to believe that um, I don't think that um, governments can continue spending like how they have and they cannot continue this monetary policy this fiat economics that they've been displaying in the past 18 months of covid I, you know it just doesn't make sense when i look around at all the people around me none of them are doing productive things um in terms of how they earn money it's like you know business professionals it's like they're all just part of these big um, bureaucratic systems and it just you know it doesn't make that much sense how you know things can continue to carry on like this like they have been for another 20 years I just don't see it happening um, but maybe my experience is different than you but I I'm kind of in a college campus university environment where everyone's extremely socialist like thinking about the best for society like what's the best thing we can do for society and then let's put a government in place to create this utopia that you know we're dreaming up and it that seems like a reasonable thing to do but like when you go and express your views that um about things like, you know, spending and COVID and all these things we've been talking about, you're ostracized. And I just feel like there's like, not only this loss of trust in the government, but there's like the other side of that coin is like the extremism 
of like the government can solve all of our problems if we just give it more. And so like, I'm sure Bitcoin is inevitable. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't know where I'm going with that, but. No, I, I, I think, I, I, yeah, I see where you, I, I do, I think I see where you're coming from. And like, definitely universities and colleges and stuff, they are kind of a, a melt, generally they're, there's a lot of kind of socialist types and and things like that and that kind of thinking and you know even I kind of came out of of uni with those kind of ideas like I didn't recognize really it was Bitcoin that kind of saved me from my socialist like mindset so you know given the are you still, are you still 20 by the way Truman yeah I'm still 20 yeah so like given yeah. like given that you're coming to this early that's like that's like awesome you know because most people like around your age they have these like very like um like super left left wing ideas and stuff, and I definitely didn't. It really wasn't until I found Bitcoin that I recognized that you know the this the the problem was governments. The, sol- the solution wasn't going to be found in, in governments. That you know the solution was going to be found in kind of decentralized decentralized governance, not governments. And um, so, if, but you know the thing is, even though you do have these people, and, and I I accept there is a lot of them. You know there there is definitely a lot of them. There's there's definitely two sides to this kind of not even a culture war now. I don't even know how you describe it. I guess it's just, yeah, I don't even know what you, what you describe this, yeah. these kind of, uh, this, this kind of binary, um, cis, you know, these binary ideas that, that are kind of combating each other now. But what I would say is that the people who, th- who, who, you know, are pro, okay, well, you know, government can just do this and print all this money and it's going to save everything. And, you know, it's sort of like just take money, from, more money from the rich and stuff. those ideas are just not capable of standing up in the 21st century like both because you know they're objectively not going to work on the basis of how much debt there is and also just with technology it's just not going to work just saying oh well you know we're just going to tax the rich well you know the rich can just uh, the rich can just go and buy a load of bitcoin um you know and they can just uh, huddle (laughs) right like what are you going to do like how are you going to get that money from them it's just fundamentally um Uh, it's just on a technological level not going to work i mean these ideas might have worked like communism and and socialism stuff they might have worked uh you know when you didn't have cryptography but cryptography has completely changed the game and you can either run with it and you can either say look cryptography has changed the game like people now have the ability to take self-sovereignty over their wealth we now need a system um you know which kind of works with that or you can try and fight against it and you can try and fight against math and you can try and fight against code and you can say no we're going to somehow you know extract people's 24 word seed from their mind and we don't even know who they are because they might have bought everything kyc free etc what are you going to do like that it's not going to work um technology's changed the game so i just think um ultimately truth is on the side of the bitcoiners truth is on the side of side sound money and austrian economics and um even though you might have a lot of people it doesn't matter it's not a numbers game you know it doesn't matter whether uh, whether 99 percent of people believe in Keynesian economics um it fundamentally doesn't work so like it's not a it's not a democratic vote at the end of the day it's like either sound money is superior and will win out or it won't and very clearly since the inception of bitcoin um sound money has proven to be um you know incredibly incredibly successful and has beaten out everything else you know every other asset is beating out stock it's been out you know all these other assets and all it is is just um you know money that is inconfiscatable right. or unconfiscatable sorry and um that people can take custody of them, themselves and that there's a hard cap like that that's it uh, and it's managed to make far far greater gains than any other asset in the past decade 
Um, and that just, that tells you that um, there's a truth there, that it doesn't matter. You know, you can, you can kind of scream and shout all you want about um, Keynesian economics and socialism and let's just print money and taking the rich. It's like, well, you know, it's just, it's not in line with truth. Uh, so I don't worry about it that much because I think that truth is on the side of uh, Bitcoin and the Bitcoiners. Right. And we're talking about these big things like truth. And, you know, I know, I know how we both think of Bitcoin. It's like, you know, it's our one tool that, you know, we can use to fight against these things. Yeah. And you even use the word, you know, our Bitcoin is the alternative to enslavement through the fiat money system. I'm wondering if you're one of those Bitcoiners who believes there's anything metaphysical going on with Bitcoin, or if it has some higher importance than just some ones and zeros that you've found to be incredibly useful. You know, I'm wondering if which, which one of those it could be for you. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, uh, I, to be honest, I'm not one of these people who who says like Bitcoin is a living organism and all this stuff. Like, honestly, I just, I, I, I like really that just seems to me like a, a bit of a kind of, it's a bit too meta for me. It's a bit of a stretch. Like, right. um, but when it comes to you know ideas of of truth, um, you know, Bitcoin, it, like, really, there is something very there there is something very very um metaphysical going on for sure and i think that what that is is that we've never really had a foundational layer of truth before because everything has always been um subject to um the kind of forces of subjectivity in some sense there's always you know you could there's always been um like people have been able to contest almost any any truth and what what bitcoin really does is just says like we now have um you know essentially a kind of a chain of blocks which has a huge amount of hash power where you can be absolutely certain um, that um, it is a reflection of truth that, that, you know, like the mass adds up, right? Like right. the, the uh, you know, when a, when, a, when a new block is found, you know that it has found a number, which is whatever, I mean, I'm, I'm not the best technical person, but you know, it's found a, a hash, the, the hash of the previous block, block or whatever. And, you know, you can tell that the work that's gone into it, et cetera, is legit and you can verify it through kind of, crypt, uh, you know, cryptographically. And that is a foundational layer of truth. And when you've got that, um, it changes society fundamentally because, um, you know, you just don't have, it, it's hard to really explain, but it just, it just, it's almost like I sense that it's a real fundamental shift, but it's hard to explain exactly um, what that shift entails uh, and how big it is. But I think that, you know, probably this is going to be something which is written about through the course of history and which people look back on and say, that was a fundamental um, paradigm shift. We just never had a, anything that everyone could just kind of agree on before that you could just run a node and just be absolutely sure of this, this certainty of the state of the, the chain. Um, so yeah, I guess it's a foundational layer of truth. I guess that's, that's the best, that's the only kind of way that I can um, describe it i haven't really found exactly the words for it but i do think that it is a, a fundamental paradigm shift like i'm not even sure whether the internet is on the same i guess it, i guess really the internet will be on a similar um on a uh, like in, in a similar kind of um uh what's the word like realm yeah but because because ultimately you know bitcoin is built on on internet and you know and i have heard 
some people argue that the internet was essentially the kind of like the first layer and Bitcoin is like the second layer. You know, right. when we're talking about layers that, that the internet is the foundational layer and then you've got Bitcoin and you've got lightning, et cetera. Um, and, you know, I think there is some truth to that, but I actually think that in this case, the second layer of, of, of the internet, so to speak, is actually more profound and has far, you know, even more far reaching um, kind of ramifications than the internet itself. Yeah. And that word paradigm shift, I really like that one because, you know, I, I talked to a lot of Bitcoiners about their personal paradigm shifts, how kind of like their perspective, the way they think and act changes a little bit after um, deciding to save their money in Bitcoin and, you know, kind of, so yeah, and seeing that on a societal level would be very interesting. Um, Yeah, and and I guess, yeah, and I think you raise a good point there as well about like, how it does affect the individual. I think every Bitcoiner has been changed by it. Um, you know, and it can change you. I guess, I guess if you if you embrace it and you kind of run with it, this is another interesting thing about Bitcoin is because it is this foundational layer of truth. When you align with it, you kind of seem to find truth in your own life, I think. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, you know, if you just if you reject it and you say, oh, you know, Bitcoin's just bad for the environment and you know, I don't like it, and Bitcoin, you know, I want, you know people shouldn't be able to hide their money, et cetera. Like when you're not aligning with that, you know, you are kind of in friction with the state of, you know, the world and the, the way that, the, you know, cryptography is just, is just is fundamentally changed, changed the world. And if you, if you don't align with it, like you're going to kind of get wrecked. And on a personal like level, I think so many people, they come to Bitcoin and they say, right, like, you know, I used to be someone who spent loads of money. I used to be someone who spent money on whatever it is, alcohol and cigarettes and this, that, and the other. And, you know, things that weren't necessarily in improving my life. And, um, and now, you know, I want to stack SAS because it, because they can see that future potential. I mean, there's never been such an asymmetric trade-off as Bitcoin, you know, where you are, can be pretty sure that if you put your into Bitcoin, like five years late down the line, you know, and that's, that's quite a long length. You, you can be pretty sure that you're going to really make some serious returns. So it kind of forces you to just, um, you know, change your behaviors and to kind of, you know, um, take into consideration what the value of that money is. Whereas the fiat system, you just want to spend it on the next thing. You know, you just want to chuck it, chuck it down. You know, even, even when that um, comes to things like properties, people are just like, oh, whatever, like I, I'll, I'll buy, you know, a property and get myself into insurmountable amounts of debt because uh, I don't want to just be sitting on this money and the money's not, not gaining me anything. At least my property will go up in value, et cetera. And that is a huge change for society, but it's also a huge change on the individual level. You know, like so many Bitcoiners, um, you know, I, I've really seen this kind of since I've um, come into the space. So many people are just financially free now. You know, people are kind of like um, quitting their jobs and, st- and, and things like that. So, um, and this is what it does. You know, it does, it right. does kind of free you financially. It offers the individual what has been offered to, uh, you know, the kind of kleptocrats for, um, decades, you know, they've always been able to make themselves financially free because they just print as much money as they want. Um, you know, and now we have something, at least in the early stages right now, we have the ability to make ourselves financially free and Bitcoin rewards people who are, you know, have conviction and who believe in it. And, you know, it's the first revolution in history that's paid its revolutionaries, right? right. I can't think of another revolution where, where it said, hey, join this revolution. And if, and the more it succeeds, you know, you've almost got a stake in that revolution. You know, people who own Bitcoin have got a stake in, in the Bitcoin revolution. Um, you know, that's a huge, huge thing. Um, you know, or like almost every revolution in history has been 
somewhat doomed to failure, you know, because it's been subject to the forces of, you know, someone's already always had access to the money printer. Well, you know, now uh, we can take custody of that. And, um, you know, if we, if we make this thing succeed, it's going to reward us. So more people are drawn to it and more people are encouraged to, to join this kind of revolution, which is good for everybody. Yeah. And um, what was I going to... Yeah. It, and it's just so, so good to be a part of this revolution. I just feel so happy and lucky to be here, you know, like, you know, just a little bit early um but yeah it's exciting and i see it the same way um so sorry i was typing some notes at the end of that there so i kind of caught yeah, me all good. um so i i've just got a couple little things to ask you about um that i had planned but i was wondering um if you had anything you wanted to discuss or have been interested in um you, you know when you're when you were coming on to this podcast um yeah i guess just for, for me i've just been thinking a lot about um you know how bitcoin is gonna is kind of increasingly necessary as a parallel economy um you know i just really think that with kind of cbdc's and things coming down the line it's just interesting to me how the narrative has moved quite quickly from oh we're just going to make loads of gains i mean don't get me wrong that narrative has always been there and is always going to be there but we're moving very much now into you know people wanting to not have their transactions censored people you know um actually want to be able to kind of like um keep their money away from from uh, from governments and things so i've just been thinking about that a lot lately um you know, I've been thinking, I guess, about the nature of the community and stuff. Like, I know, I'm not sure if you were away at the time when we had, you know, some kind of things going on in the community with, with you know, particularly, you know, people like someone like Breed Love, oh, who yeah. was kind of, you know, um, kind of succumb to the kind of shit binary. And I guess, like, you know, I've been thinking about that as well in terms of just how, you know, the network um, really kind of, defends itself and has the right incentives in place. And it almost just seems as if people, um, you know, can, can kind of get, get ahead of themselves in terms of their own kind of like fame and prestige and just, just how like that actually ultimately means nothing to the network. And you can kind of lose a reputation in the day because, um, you know, ultimately everyone's looking out for the network itself. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what, like how big you are as an influencer or, or whatever, you're not going to get a free pass because ultimately you are only you are only respected as much as you can serve the network, and that's exactly how it should be. Because you know we are we're here um, as Bitcoiners to ultimately protect our wealth and protect our sovereignty and protect freedom. And uh, if you kind of stray away from that goal, you know it doesn't it doesn't matter how how many followers you've got or this side or the other. It's ultimately it's about are you or are you uh, are you not in contention. With the network are you kind of for the cause or are you doing something which does not serve the cause um you know that's ultimately what it what it's about and uh and i you know it's been it, you know i cannot think of anything else like i don't know truman like can you think of any other community or any other um i, I don't know I, I guess any other culture whereby someone who is hailed as a hero um will just be struck down by the community if they kind of do something which doesn't align with it I mean, mo most communities, I think they it's almost like they're made by their heroes. They're made right. by the people at the top with the most followers. 
they're the yeah. people who you know kind of set the tone of the conversation who who disseminate their opinions and everyone else absorbs them no i agree. whereas something yeah whereas something like uh, like like bitcoin um does not you know this is it's a it's a totally different um thing it's like doesn't matter how big you are like if you do something that that contradicts the incentives of the plebs um it's it's not going to wash <laughs> you know so and it's it's really a great thing it's truly decentralized um you know the um the, the nature of how the network operates um in, encourages uh, people to to kind of it's, it's almost like we operate like the network itself right like the network right. wants to be decentralized and um everyone else kind of um acts in that way and the community kind of like reflects it and just one more point i i mean i know i'm kind of rambling a little bit because I, oh, i've no been worries. writing something down lately which which i might turn into an article at some point but it's, it's basically about how you know the network itself um and how the community operate because some people say that you know bitcoin you know the, the community is a, is, is a cult and you know it's toxic and this that and the other right. but if you actually if you actually look at like you know what 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 the community is like the community basically just doesn't change for anyone and a lot of people they want the community to change for them you know they come in and they're like oh you know i'm a big shot and i'm a you know i'm some finance person or whatever and you know i'm going to come in here and i'm going to tell you that you know you shouldn't be putting laser eyes on because it you know because it's 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 all cool if everyone's doing the same thing or you shouldn't be you know telling people to have fun staying poor or whatever it whatever it is right but actually like the community ultimately um is what it is and people end up getting changed by it and that is very very similar to like if you run a node and you're against the consensus rules of the network you're just going to get pushed up like you you right. you cease to be on the network and similarly with the community it's like if you come in and you start shitcoining you get forked off the network readlers been forked off the network like that that's ultimately what's happened you know it, like this, those those forces um which are uh, which occur on the network itself they also just seem to they seem to kind of mirror the community in a way so I think that's a super interesting uh, idea and it's and it's something yeah like I said I'm kind of writing about it and maybe if I can uh, stop being lazy I'll actually turn it into an article at one point. Yeah. That that's like an incredible idea to me cuz I'm also very interested in the community just as much so as Bitcoin. Um and I I never thought about it that deeply but you know before I left um took a break from the podcast in this community. You know, Braidwood Braidlove was one of my biggest heroes. You know, I read every article he'd written. I loved his podcast. I thought he might as well be Jesus, you know. But um Right, right. And, and yeah, exactly, right. And and you know, just just to kind of riff on this point a bit more. You know, it's like the these these Bitcoin cash nodes, right? We 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 share uh, a history with them, mm. right? So it's like it's like you know, Breedlove's work is awesome, um, and it has been been hugely influential. But at a certain point, he's you know he's kind of fallen out of consensus with the community uh, in terms of you know we just we just have a rule that you don't shitcoin, you know you don't you don't scam and you, and you don't try you know you don't rug pull rug pull, and he's kind of been fought off the network. And similarly, it's like you know the Bitcoin cash nodes they decided that they. uh you know wanted to kind of increase the block size and they weren't in consensus and they got forked off that doesn't mean that all the blocks previous to them are invalid all the blocks previous to that fork they're valid like your your node's going to you know it's going to sink and you know that's that's obviously fine you're on the same network and then when you change consensus rules like see you later you're you're an altcoin now right um, right and and similarly it's almost like 
you know, with Breedlove, it's not to take away from any of his work. His work is awesome. And, you know, I still think there's hope, you know, I still think there's hope that if he can just like lose his ego, he can kind of, you know, I still think that he's, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just like, I think he just got taken by greed, you know, greed, oh, yeah. greed loves a great meme. <laughs> right. um, but like, I think it was just that, you know, he just, he just couldn't, he couldn't say no to, to getting that money. And, you know, ultimately, like, it's a shame, but I still think that he's a, he's a, a good thinker and, you know, he's written some great stuff and hopefully he can kind of rejoin, but essentially, you know, just like with the Bitcoin cash nodes, you're going to have to reverse all that shit you've done since that fork. And then you're right. going to start to get back into consensus. Breed lovers are going to have to reverse all the shit that he said since that moment. He's going to have to apologize and say, I was in the wrong. And then he can rejoin the network, you know, and people will start listening to what he's got to say, but I'm sorry, you can't fork off. You can't go against the community and then just expect to kind of just, um, for people to to continue to hold you in the same esteem. Um, so yeah, I I think the community, uh, you know, mirrors the network, and you know, Breed loves a good example of that. That actually isn't one of the things I've written about, so I might add that in. But you know, there's a few other examples that I have been thinking about where the network really does um, mirror the community. Well, well, I I find the community fascinating. I like I think about the community a ton. When I'm going to write something on Twitter, not related to this podcast, it's going to be about the community most of the time. And it's like, well, yeah, just to be clear, first off, you know, I wasn't defending Breedlove. Like, I, I meant to say he was like my hero. But then when I saw he was like endorsing BitClout, I was like, what the heck? And, you know, like unfollowed him and I don't really, you know, care to un know what's going on with Breedlove anymore um yeah and, and I think that that's that you know that's kind of how things should be because I just think I know no one gets a free pass and you know what I like is you know I mean it's, it's amazing to me that like you have these plebs who can just say something to these kind of quote-unquote influencers and if that influencer has fallen out of favor it doesn't matter who you are you can be a pleb with like three followers and you know if and you can you can kind of like call someone out who's an influencer who's doing something nefarious and, uh, you know, you're going to just ratio them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in right. Twitter comments or whatever, like, you know, uh, surfer, surfer Jim is a great example of this. I'm not sure if, again, I'm not sure if you, uh, if you were around for when this happened, did you see when surfer Jim, not like, when he got dunked canceled. On, uh, well, surfer, surfer Jim, like dunked on, uh, is it Ch Chamath? I can't, I'm not sure if I can pronounce his last name, Chamath, half a tire or something. I'm not sure. Exactly how to pronounce his name. So sorry, Chamath, if you're if you're listening to, <laughs> to Bitcoin Blood Fraud. But he, yeah. you know, he came, he came in and he came in and you know said something about you know how um, you know the, the plebs don't matter and that only influencers matter or something. And Surfer Jim kind of you know said something to him and and uh, you know Surfer Jim he, at that point he didn't I think he's got a few more followers now, but at that point he didn't have that many followers. And you know this is a billionaire who's who who's got like hundreds of thousands of followers on on Twitter. And, um, and, and, you know, people just kind of like sided with, uh, with Surfer Jim because it was just like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many, you know, if you're an influencer or how many followers you've got, you know, like the Bitcoin community just does not care. doesn't care about your ego. It doesn't care about how many followers you've got or even how much money you've got. Like just cares about um, the network and ensuring that um, the integrity of the network, the integrity of the community and the integrity of the movement. And, you know, that's what we're optimized for. And it's just great to see that that's, if anything, that's got stronger and stronger since I've been in the, uh, you know, in the kind of Bitcoin community. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you'll have to, if you've also thought a lot about this, you'll have to um, help me decide if um, I should be careful about anything because 
so you know i take a ton of pleasure out of uh participating in the community not not just holding bitcoin but i like being part of this community i like the gossip i like yeah. talking to people i like how you know we're all working towards a common goal um you know it's just like and you know we all meet up every once in a while at a bitcoin conference and we see each other it's like you know i i left the mormon the mormon faith and that was one of the things i missed the most was this like cultural uh community thing that was so specific to this one group of people of mormons that like you know like mormons have this culture and you know to this day anytime i meet someone with a byu shirt i know they're a mormon and then i'll start like interacting with them with that this like cultural like um like just so that they know like i'm part of that culture as well um and they'll just assume i'm a mormon it's like this is a big thing that religions use um to I don't know. I don't know. It's just a big part of religion. And then I come to the Bitcoin space. The community is the exact same. It filled that hole in my heart. You know, it felt really good. And it, it's making promises to me about the future. You know, it, it, it's promising like, oh, Bitcoin, you know, it's going to bring some financial success to your future. If you, you know, and it makes all these promises. I'm thinking... Is there anything we need to be careful of as a Bitcoin community, you know, when we're making all these promises, we're, you know, ostracizing certain people, we're gossiping about others, we're acting just like any of these religious communities. And it's like, that. that's why I see people calling Bitcoin a cult. And when I really think about it, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe it is, but you know, I'll choose my cult. I think it's the best one. It's the most fun. And I agree with it, but I don't know what yeah. you think about that. No, I, I, I know what you mean. And I, 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 I mean, there's some things within the Bitcoin community that I don't, that I certainly don't like um, kind of, I guess, subscribe to, ascribe, subscribe, not sure the word is, but, um, you know, for, for me, I, I guess for me, it's like, it doesn't matter that much whether whether there's certain things about the community you disagree with. Because, I mean, you know, some some there's some things with the Bitcoin community that just seem to have, they seem to have kind of just like be, be synonymous with it that I don't see any correlation with. Um, but you can kind of take part in those things if you want. And if you don't want, then you, then you don't have to. Like, like, for instance, for me, because so many of the, you know, there's a lot of people in the Bitcoin community who are like, like carnivores and things like this, you know, like really into the carnivore diet and stuff. And like me as a vegan, like, I'm just <laughs> like, man, this, this, you know, this to me, I don't see the correlation. Like, in fact, I've, I've kind of been meaning for a while to like try and have a conversation with someone who's really like uh, pro carnivore about how, like, you know, whether that is in line with like the non-aggression principle, because you've got a lot of libertarians who are kind of pro carnivore and stuff. And I, I personally think that veganism and the non-aggression principle are very, very well aligned. And I would love to have a conversation about that, but that's for another time. But for me, uh, you know, like I personally just, you know, that is just something I don't subscribe to. I know a lot of Bitcoiners are, are into that whole thing. Um, there's actually a lot more vegan Bitcoiners than than you you would realize. I kind of keep an eye out um, like on Twitter and there's, there's actually quite a few where we're a bit of a, we're a bit of a silent um, crowd. We don't necessarily like 
chat about it all the time, despite <laughs> despite the old uh, oh vegans always tell you when you're vegan kind of thing. Right. Um, but we we don't actually uh, you know there is actually quite a few of us out there. But you know for me I'm just like you know the carnival people they have their thing, and uh, you know ultimately it has like no impact on me. It's an aspect of the community that I like don't um, agree with and don't subscribe to. Um, but I, it doesn't kind of push me away because ultimately I don't think it's necessarily one of the things that we have to have as a shared value. Like we all care about sound money and we all care about freedom money and we care about, you know, having a, a fixed cap and a hard supply and, uh, you know, and all these, all these things and we care about privacy, et cetera, et cetera. Like, um, if some of these aspects of the community don't necessarily like align with it, like, like for instance, for me with, with the carnivore side of things, then it doesn't matter because I'm just like, well, okay, turns out a lot of Bitcoins are into that kind of thing. I'm not, but um, like, we don't have to necessarily agree on everything. We just have to agree on the foundational principles of the network itself. We can disagree, uh, you know, on many other things. So I ultimately think that, you know, with, with Bitcoin, you know, you can be a, a, a member of the community and you can be, you know, respected and you can um, have like good conversation and all the rest of it. Um, as long as you don't betray the kind of core foundational principles. And actually, that's one of the things that I like about Bitcoin is that you see a lot of people who just disagree on, on, on things. You know, I mean, for instance, you look at the kind of the uh, at the moment, there's these kind of wars between. I don't know if it's like Samurai Wallet and Wasabi. Oh, and yeah. you've got like mm. you've got Francis Julio in there as well. And you've got all these little things going on. And we, you know, sometimes it gets pretty fierce, but it's like at least they all um, align on the fact that, you know, for instance, it's Bitcoin, not shitcoin. At least they all align on things like there's a, there's a hard cap. At least, you know, we all agree with these things. And there's actually a lot of people in the Bitcoin community who have very different opinions. And that's quite unlike the shitcoin community. Because when I used to be a part of the shitcoin community, um, you know, everyone just used to agree. You, you look, at, look at like, um, you know, uh, Ethereum people and see how many times they disagree with each other. And, right. or ripple people or whatever the whatever you know pick your shit going like they never disagree with each other they always agree with everything everyone else says and they all just kind of you know blow smoke up each other's ass and it's just like well bitcoin isn't like that you know we all have different views and opinions and we disagree on many things but we agree on the foundational principles and that what's that's one of the many things that makes bitcoin um different you know we don't have to just agree with what everyone says to try to you know, kind of like bolster the bolster the shitcoin to be like, oh yeah, we we all agree and we're all aligned and we've got a vision because it's like, well, no, we we don't necessarily align on everything. We just align on the core principles, um, and everything else is open to debate and we all you know just fight amongst ourselves. But in the end, the, you know, blocks keep coming. Um, right. So you know, I I I just love the the community itself, even though there's people who disagree with various parts of it. You know, there's people who don't even call themselves like libertarians. You know, there's people who uh pro guns and anti-guns or whatever it is like people who just um <laughs> you know people who agree with that regulations are good thing some of them but it's like uh, you know at the end of the day like bitcoin's going to do what it does and you can have these arguments but as long as you kind of support the network and agree on you know actually to be fair i'm not sure whether <laughs> regulation will be one of the foundational principles that's probably a that's probably opening a bit of a can of worms but um you know yeah. i guess you know fixed supply sound money um and uh you know privacy etc like as long as we agree on those things we can we can all be friends <laughs> right yeah no i agree and that is important for me to keep in mind and i guess that's true of any community um even positive like very positive ones um that yeah and i also 
just some random thing. I, I like to think about um, our lineage, lineage, lineage as yeah. Bitcoiners. Um, so like one day, some random person stumbled across the white paper posted on a form. And that was the first Bitcoin community member. And like, <laughs> you know, and then, do you know, do you know who it was? Did you have you have you been back onto like the? I guess it would be the. Uh, what was it called Bitcoin Bitcoin Talk Forum? I can't remember. What yeah, Bitcoin it. Talk. Yeah, like, have you seen who the who it was? Who was the first person to just go post on it? No, I haven't. Um, I'd be I, I probably have. I've read through that whole thing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it is pretty fun reading through some of that, some of the, that old stuff. And, you know, one day that's going to be like, man, it's just going to be, it's gonna be like the Bible of Bitcoin. You know, you're going to get people who, who just take uh, snippets of this thing and just like, it'll be like crazy to look back on one day and say, wow, you know, we have this documented history of this thing. Right. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And yeah, I'm hoping one day this podcast, you know, it will see Bitcoin through its developmental years and it will be interesting to see like what all the plebs were thinking and what we were well, yeah, fighting yeah. about along um, this time in Bitcoin's history because it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. And like the thing is, I mean, when I, when I got in in 2016, I was like looking for content. And the strange thing is like, even back then I was like, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of content out there. Like it's it's fairly saturated now. The kind of you know the there's there's a few pods. I mean, I don't even know what what pods <laughs> they would have been. That I think I, it was like World Crypto Network and stuff. There wasn't that many, but it seemed to me because Bitcoin was so small, I was like, oh, it's quite saturated. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of YouTubers. A lot of people posting about this thing or whatever. And you know now it's just so it's flourished so much in that time. And I look at it now, and it's almost like every single year I'm like, oh wow, now it's saturated. But then the next year, I'm like, man, it makes it makes the previous year um, look so small in comparison. It makes it look like it wasn't saturated at all, if you know what I mean. So it just keeps growing and growing. And I guess, you know, really, like as the network grows, the content is going to grow naturally and it should grow. And um, it keeps getting better and better. So like even though your your pod, like, you know, you're probably thinking, oh, well, there's all these pods that have come before me and they've got loads of viewers and listeners and all the rest of it. But like actually like this is in a few years i think people will look back and be like oh man you know like the bitcoin plebs part like you know that was uh you know, like like look at that now you know look at how how far that's come and you know right. like what a great time to start a pod that would have been kind of thing because uh there's always room for content there's all you know and this is what i love like bitcoin isn't you know never going to be like oh not another bitcoin podcast not another youtube channel whatever it is like not another article it's like everyone uh you know bitcoin makes you want to produce content and people really want to listen to it and stuff so um you know i just love like where um yeah not just the community is going but the content produced by the community just keeps getting better and um yeah it's it's just great yeah i i definitely feel the same way um so yeah i, I asked the same last question to almost everyone i interview but i don't think i had um started asking this when we when we had our conversation so you know you know i'm a 20 year old guy you know um yeah and i was just wondering if there's any advice you can give me or any other young club out there you know how to on life or how to navigate you know forward in this um big scary fiat world if you want to put it that way <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you're doing a lot of things right. Like, you know, I, I noticed that you asked this question like to people, um, you know, when you're on the pod and I can tell that you do have a thirst for, for truth. And I think that's that's something which is common amongst Bitcoiners, but probably not common amongst Bitcoiners who are, you know, 20 years old or, or who are particularly young. Because I, I think people tend to come, you know, to that. Um, I guess the more, the, the older you get and with more maturity, you kind of come to that. But, you know, I can tell that you kind of really want to find that truth. And you ask that question, this question of people, um, you know, of, of uh, like, you know, what advice they have and things. I think that's probably the number one thing is, you know, people who you consider to be, I guess, um, successful on whatever, whatever metric that is, whether it's intelligence or, 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 or whether it's, you know, financial or, you know, whatever that thing is that you deem someone to have success, like is to find out, you know, what um, advice they would give. So I think just the fact that you asked the question, you're already on the right thing. You're already on the right line because you're, you're going down the path of, of trying to kind of seek out kind of good advice. And I think the only the only thing I would I would add to that is a lot of the advice where people tell you to get the advice from you know the traditional fiat world um, are the wrong places. You know, people um, I think that actually um, so many people who are really successful just have not done the traditional thing in life. Whether that's um, you know staying in the country they were born in, whether that's staying in you know a job that they they might um, not like, or or you know eating. Um, certain, food, certain foods or um, going to certain places or how they spend their time or whatever it is like people often who do things a different way um, like who do things in a different way have kind of achieved a lot of success so I would just say like be wary of who the media tells you to listen to be wary of who the media tells you, you should look up to um, you know and find out for yourself um, and that kind of goes you know runs in accordance with how you see the world and how you perceive things. And if something seems to kind of align with a deeper truth within yourself is to say, okay, I'm going to kind of like really give that my attention. Um, because, you know, for me, I kind of have definitely at times in my life just taken, um, you know, wrong advice, you know, like all of the, you know, so many people told me I shouldn't invest in, in uh, Bitcoin, you know, that it was crazy and all of this kind of thing. And to me, I just, I, I sensed there was a deep truth there. I sensed that there was something about it that I was right and they were wrong. And I was really willing to put my kind of money where my mouth was and just say, you know what, like I see a truth here and I'm willing to kind of run with it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's what a lot of other Bitcoiners have done as well. You know, nobody is saying on the mainstream media, hey, go and, uh, go and invest in Bitcoin. You know, they're saying uh, to, you know, go and buy a house and house prices are all going to always going to go up and, to, you know, take XYZ job, which is, you know, a safe job or whatever it is. And, so I think that, you know, just be careful of where you get the advice, ask the right people for advice, but always be on that search for, for truth um, mm. and to try and improve yourself. And um, I think that it's hard to go wrong when you take that attitude. Like there's always places, even though sometimes the world looks bleak, there's always places where um, there's opportunities. You know, I, I kind of see that, you know, when there's, um, when things like bad things happen or whatever, there's, there's normally always an opportunity in there somewhere. Sometimes it's difficult to see. But even times like now when, you know, for instance, the world, you know, seems to be going in such a totalitarian direction and, uh, and you know, fiat money is on the cusp of collapse and this, that and the other. There's always somewhere that you can look. Um, just give, kind of give a brief example. It's like when I, um, when I was, before I kind of got into Bitcoin, I was looking for, uh, I mean, to be fair, I got into Bitcoin initially from the dark markets, which I, I think I mentioned to you before. Mm -hmm. But I, also around this, this time, 
I was um, I was kind of just starting to to do investing because I'd finally got a little bit of savings. I wanted to invest, and uh, but I wanted to invest in like ethical investments. I didn't want to, you know to invest in companies that invested in you know war or or you know I guess like military equipment and that kind of thing. And right. um, and I was kind of putting my I was still going with these investments that were just really low yield. And I was just like, oh man, you know, I don't just want to invest in the stock market generally or in an index fund because I wasn't sure about where my money was being invested. And then through, you know, in the end, I was just like, well, what about Bitcoin? You know, Bitcoin is uh, this hard cap supply. And nobody would have given me that as an option. Nobody would have come forward and go, oh, hey, I know you want an an ethical investment. Well, here's the most ethical investment in the world. And it's going to yield more, uh, you know, the the most of any other asset in the world. Nobody was going to come and tell me that. Um, I had to find it out for myself. So I think that like, you know, in that period where I was like, oh, how do I, how do I get yield on my investment? That's also, you know, an ethical investment. I did some searching and there was the opportunity there. The opportunity was, was Bitcoin. Um, so, and I think that there's a lot of those examples in life where, you know, um, you've just got to kind of do a bit of digging and try and find the truth of a situation that, and normally you will, you will kind of find something that aligns with your core values. And, um, you know, often that's, you know, like I said, to kind of go back to the beginning of my massive run is, that normally starts exactly from where you're starting now, which is just asking questions and just saying, you know, to, to people, you know, who you uh, have an interest in or respect or whatever is to just say, you know, like what advice do you have about whatever thing it is and try to pick out truth that way. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely keep asking these questions. I found it super helpful. And that, that point you mentioned about, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to re-listen to this conversation, but um, you mentioned something about not being afraid to do it the non-traditional way that most of these people who, you know, like you, you invested in Bitcoin, started a business, quit your job, moved to Mexico. That sounds like a dream. And, you know, I hear this time and time again from people um, you know, live in their dreams and it's like that they didn't do it the way they were told to do it or that most people do it. So I'm still working on figuring out exactly, you know, what, I, what I'm trying to do here, but, um, just thank but, you so but, man, much. I think you, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're so ahead of the curve though, dude. Like, you know, when I was, uh, when I was 20, like I was not, um, I was not kind of following that mindset whatsoever it really took me like a few years of you know I guess it took me kind of like you know getting despondent in a job and all of these other things and uh, you know often often I think that that search for truth it tends to come from um, having something kind of happen in your life uh, that you you know you might not necessarily want so you know like for me you know that was probably kind of just finding I was really despondent you know with my work and didn't and kind of like lacked meaning and you know, was kind of feeling like, you know, the rest of the days of my life, I hadn't found my purpose and things. And, um, you know, maybe for you, that might have been, you know, your experience with like the the Mormon church and things like that, right. that kind of led you to then think, okay, like, you know, I, I guess maybe you, you, you'd kind of had a, had a, a kind of a crisis of, of identity or something at that point. And maybe that has triggered you to go down this path that you're going down. So maybe, you know, this is kind of acted as a catalyst for you to have these thoughts early and to try and kind of uh, uh you know at your age i guess try to uh to find find truth and things like this which most people it takes them a little bit longer but yeah man you, you know you're really like ahead of the curve in the way that you're you're thinking and stuff like i wish that i was um 
seeking kind of truth in the way that you are at 20 when I was 20. Um, but, you know, everyone kind of comes to it at their own time and it's great that you have. And, you know, like I know that someone else kind of said this um, on the, on your pod, like just saying like, you know, it kind of gives hope that, that people are coming to these ideas uh, younger um, and things like that, because, uh, mm. you know, it's good to know that, that the people are kind of thinking out by, outside the box and, and things like that. And aren't just going with, you know, what the world, where the world seems to be going, which is just kind of like woke ideology and, you know, really not just seeking truth, but just seeking easy, simple answers um, in life. And uh, so, yeah, it's great. You're kind of coming to it at your age. It's going to be a kind of continual process it's not some I don't think you ever really find the answer I mean like I don't have the answer at all it's not like you ever kind of wake up and well maybe some people do wake up and go ah, I've, I found it but like for me I've always just found it's just a constant process of going down like rabbit holes I guess and trying to find truth and trying to live according to the, live your life according to those truths and that's been like a pretty good recipe for me and you know you'll probably find that you have a similar journey that it never quite ends but you were always getting closer to to your purpose just by kind of searching out and, and trying to align yourself with truth. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And, you know, for me, my, my journey, you know, maybe you could call it a journey for, to find some truth um, has been a really difficult one. All the uncertainty that comes along with the, all the people you piss off in the meantime, you know, not, you know, it's just like, and just being unconfident in yourself. That's the biggest one. So it's like, have you felt that way in your journey? And has it gotten easier? Or is the, you know, I could see that being part of my personality as well and not like a common experience. Um, no, I think, I honestly, I think that everyone faces that, um, mm. you know, like feeling a kind of lack of, of confidence. And, you know, normally, um, you know, normally that kind of happens, I think, through, you know, maybe you're doing something that you don't feel you're kind of like rich, reaching your potential or, or whatever. Like a lot of these kind of things can just trigger that feeling of being like, oh, you know, I'm not confident enough or whatever it is. But I think as long as you're, you're kind of um, following, um, I guess, just trying to kind of like continually improve yourself and things like that. And you're you're trying to achieve your potential in what, whichever way that is. Uh, I mean, I used to kind of for instance, always pride myself on, you know, the quality of my like work, for instance, and it was always just like, oh, am I getting the best clients? Am I kind of doing, you know, the, the top quality work I could possibly be doing? And I used to feel kind of lack of confidence when I was like, oh, I'm not achieving it. I'm not achieving everything that I'm, I've kind of lived up to. But honestly, for me, like Bitcoin really changed that because, you know, I, I changed my goals in a way. I was like, you know, now I have the, you know, now it's not just a matter of kind of, you know, work is not necessarily the only thing that's important to me. You know, I can now, uh, stack stats I can be part of this movement I can be part of this other thing because it's actually quite hard to find meaning in the fiat world I think like even if you're doing your dream job you're doing it under this kind of cloud of fiat bullshit I mean I was talking right. to you earlier earlier <laughs> early on Twitter about this it's like there's always that cloud of fiat bullshit so you know I don't think you can ever expect to just fully be like oh I'm totally confident in everything I'm doing and I'm totally meeting my purpose I think if you just try to find meaning and try to kind of work work towards that generally speaking that breeds confidence in my view and you know it definitely comes with time like I wasn't you know I'm, I'm pretty confident now but like I, I certainly wasn't always um this confident but I think as I've just kind of trusted myself more trusted my path more and um you know I guess kind of gone my own way in life and you know 
when when going your own way works out for you, I think that that really helps you to be to be more confident. Um, you know, certainly like there's been times where I've been going my own way and the world has not reflected it. You know, when we, uh, you know, like when we had the the big uh, crash of 2017 or whatever, and everyone say, "Oh, I told you so," etc. And it's like that can <laughs> easily bring your confidence down. But if you know, if you just go, "Hey, you know what? Like, I think this is going to come back, and I still believe in it, and I'm going to double down or whatever," and um, you just got to kind of follow your like your own um, heart I guess follow your own intuition align yourself with um you know what what you kind of believe truth to be in the world and generally that works out like pretty good and I think that when you have a purpose like that um you know you get more confident because you know like sometimes if if I you know like let's say you meet someone it's like oh this person's doing great at work and you know I, I I'm not maybe I'm not like earning as much as them, or maybe I'm not doing anything as cool as them, but secretly, you know, that you've got a good stack and you know, this person, you know, doesn't have a stack. Like you never quite know, like, is that person really doing financially that well? Um, you never quite know. So it's like, if you are kind of confident and have conviction in the way that you're living your life, the way that you're investing, the way that you're, um, you know, operating in the world, um, you can get more confident and you're not, you're not necessarily kind of putting yourself in competition based upon these, I guess kind of like narrow things like, oh, how's this person got a better job? Is this person better looking? Whatever it is, you can be if you've got if you're aligning yourself with something a bit more meaningful and deep, um, then you can have a confidence in that. It's like a quiet confidence, I guess. Right. So, yeah, um, rambly again, but yeah, hopefully that kind of <laughs> answered your question. Oh yeah, no, that was that was great. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time out of your Friday night to chat Bitcoin and life. <laughs> um yeah we gotta no worries, stay man. in touch 100 percent, 100 i'll uh i'll be be looking forward to round three but i'll be keeping up with the pod as well and yeah man just keep it up you're, you're doing like a, a a great job and you know i'm, I'm really loving the pod and uh i'm, I'm sure it's going to just continue to get more traction hey thank you so much